Sometimes the key to unlocking our leadership challenges is to talk with and listen to an outside voice. And my guest today knows all about the power of the outside voice and gives some practical advice on how leaders can use it to supercharge their practice. Hey everyone, it's Shane Leaning. Welcome back to Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I'm an organizational coach and in this show I learn with the teachers, leaders and innovators making a difference in international schools around the world. My guest today is Richard Reed, an experienced principal in Northern Ireland and now coach. With a voice as wonderful as Richard's, you'll see what I mean. It's no wonder that Richard is the host of two brilliant podcasts, Headroom and the Coaching and Education podcast from Growth Coaching International. Richard's work exemplifies the transformative power of an outside voice in our leadership. And we kicked off our conversation today talking about Richard's transition from principal to coach. Let's jump in. Two years ago, I moved out of full-time headship into the coaching world. But there was a significant period of overlap, to be honest with you, um, prior to that. I'm going to go way back to about 2008. Um, That was my first ever experience of coach training. At the time, I was a a vice principal, um, but I had been seconded for a two-year period um, to what we call the CAS team, so the Curriculum Advice and Support Service, um, so within Northern Ireland. A number of years ago, we would have had uh, these in, in, in various geographical areas around around the country. So I was in the Northeastern Board, uh, and for those two years, I suppose, really supporting schools, supporting teachers, principals, um, just around the whole area of school improvement. But within that period, we all had, 55 of us had an opportunity to be uh, trained in coaching. Uh, and that was my first experience of it. And I thought, you know what, this this is powerful stuff. And it wasn't until the following year, it was 2009, um, when I took up my first headship. Um, so I had a, a great opportunity with that little bit of, I suppose, introductory learning and, and coaching to start applying it, you know, in, in, in my day-to-day job as a head. And I suppose then from, from 2009 right through to 2021, uh, I was head of three different primary schools and, and very different primary schools, but at the same time, over that 12-year period, developing a coaching way of leading. At that stage, my interaction with school leaders was usually... <laughs> I was usually in awe of most of them, um, and, and to be honest with you, quite often, certainly in the earlier years, feeling quite inferior. Now, your confidence grows over the years, obviously, and, and trying out different uh, those projects and schemes. I moved out of Headship then in 2021 completely to become a coach um, and a coach trainer. Since then, I've had, I suppose, just over 300 hours of, of one-to-one coaching. Uh, most of that, probably 85, 90% of that with, with principals. How did that change the way I interact with school leaders having made that shift? Well, very quickly, she and I realized that that everyone felt out of their depth in some aspect of the job. That's good to know. Um, and, and that was a real eye-opener to me. Um, and, and I suppose from that point on, I saw my main role as a coach to encourage that's, that's, that's my primary role at the moment, and, and it still is, I suppose, my, my mantra at the moment, to go into a coaching conversation and encourage. I have the privilege of being one of a group of coaches over here in Northern Ireland that provide coaching for, for school leaders right across the country, and that's through an organisation, a charity called Inspire Wellbeing, based in, in Belfast. Um, and I suppose my interaction now with, with, with principals, I'm absolutely adamant about the necessity for them 
to take up coaching conversations. Now, this particular scheme I'm involved in, um, it's funded by the Education Authority, so it's free. But too often, and, and you know yourself, too often we think as, as principals, you know, I'm just overwhelmed. I, I've too much to do. I, I simply don't have the time to set aside an hour for a coaching conversation. So I am now, I suppose, a bit like a, a dog with a bone, Shane, um, and I'm saying to principals, look, you need to protect this time for, for, for coaching. So I suppose, you know, now moving to that outside voice, for me, I see just so much potential for supporting and encouraging principals. Um, and I lean on them a lot more heavily um, when, when it comes to saying, look, here's some coaching that I'm going to be able to offer you. You really need to, to, to take the time uh, and take us up on it. What do you think it is about that outside voice that leaders need to be able to unlock their practice? Now that you're on the outside, do you see that as an essential part of um, being a, a, a good leader? I think it is um, b- because you spend so much of your time, you know, in your office, walking around your school, you know, t- talking to other people. And, you know, t- to open up this whole new avenue of bringing somebody completely from outside of the school into the building, you know, an outside voice, somebody who is genuinely completely independent, um, somebody who does not have an agenda in any shape or form. I- I've had the privilege over the years, Shane, of having great staff and people that, that have been very supportive and you can have great conversations with them but there's a ceiling to it and even you know a chair of governors I've had some, some term, tremendous you know chairs of governors um, very supportive very encouraging and, and just downright decent people but at the same time they're my chair of governors so so there's a ceiling to, to, to how much you know to how far I feel a conversation can go so a coach coming in that outside voice totally independent totally confidential, somebody that I can then, I suppose, think out loud much more confidently, transforms, you know, the, the, the potential you have as, as, a, as a school leader. Have you had any particular breakthroughs that stand out when you've worked with school leaders where they've gone, do you know what, that, that outside voice has really helped? Absolutely. Um, and, and that's, you know, that, that, that's the beauty of being a coach. Um, it's an absolute privilege, you know, to, to, to come into a school to spend an hour with a school leader who's, who's very busy, who could at any one point be doing 150 other things, but they've given you their time. Now, one thing that comes up again and again and again in coaching conversations is really self-belief, self-confidence, which I suppose in many ways encouraged me because I thought of my previous years and that, that's always been an issue. A recent conversation I had with a, with a principal um, where there was a genuine breakthrough is... He had been a principal in another school and had moved to this, this current school. Um, and, and this was his first experience of, I suppose, being coached. And the topic came up around the area of his title. Now, you and I know that, that principals will go on um, sabbaticals. Principals, you know, will, will, will go on maternity. You know, there, there's reasons why principals move out. And this particular role he had as principal was a temporary role. So he was coming in to, to run this school in a temporary capacity. And the issue was the title acting principal. And it's, it's amazing how a word can have a big impact on, on, on people. So we had this conversation ar- around this concept of, of acting principal. And I'm going to mention a, a gentleman based over in the UK, Jason Booten. He'll not mind me mentioning his name. I, I've coached Jason a couple of times. He's an absolute delight to work with. Great educator, author, researcher. And he has, if you look him up on Twitter, a lovely sentence in there saying, I'm a firm believer in choosing words carefully. 
And that really struck me in this particular context that this one word acting was playing up uh, in, in the thinking of this principle. So we spent that, that, that session, um, you know, I suppose, unpacking this whole concept of an acting principle. He himself, through the coaching process, was able to, to point to countless things that he has done extremely well in a short space of time. And we got, to, to cut a long story short, we got to the end of the conversation. I said, now, who are you? And he said, I'm the principal of this school. And he moved away from that word acting. And now that was just the start of the process. You know, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but he, he was very much now on the road to seeing himself as the principal of the school um, and, and, and removed that, that word acting. So again, a, a lovely opportunity to be part of that breakthrough um, for a school leader in, in a, uh, through a coaching conversation. It's striking how personalised that is. And I guess that's the power of coaching is you... You can't prepare for the conversation in that in that kind of sense, <laughs> no. but that's the the power of it that you get to really explore things that are, are real to people. For this head, this word acting was a real barrier to um, to them moving forward, and you were able to target in on that together and and act on it. and And the day to day of being a leader, you just don't have the time to think about that kind of thing. Yeah, completely. When you're working with leaders. Are there any blind spots that come up often that actually an outside perspective would help them unlock you? Because you mentioned you mentioned the day to day life of a principal is so busy. You've got so many things to do that there's you you can miss things. So are there any examples that you've got of those blind spots that might be able to be unlocked with an outside voice? And that doesn't necessarily have to be a coach, I guess. It could just be someone else who you who you talk to. Yeah, yeah. No, no, genuinely. Um and I mean, when I think about blind spots, immediately one one comes to mind, and 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 for me, it's it's the whole area of notice, acknowledge, and celebrate what's going well. I mean, I was I was as guilty as anybody else, you know, falling into that trap where we just spend our time comparing ourselves to others. And and I'll give you an example, you know, in in my own context as a, as a principal during the, the, the pandemic. So we had th- th- those various lockdown periods and I made, I suppose, the, the foolish mistake of of looking online to see what, you know, what other schools were doing. And I suppose the result of that was you just can't constantly compare yourself to, to other schools. So there were schools doing wonderful things and delivering food around, you know, the local homes and, you know, any number of, of things which were, you know, very noble acts and, 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 and things that you would love to see schools doing. And you just immediately start to think, I'm not doing that with my school and and th- th- you know, there was a, a long list so I suppose that that blind spot of not noticing and acknowledging and really celebrating what's going well to me became a very important part of my coaching so when it came to conversations with other leaders now I suppose as an outside voice any opportunity that I can as a coach to provide thinking time around what's going well I think is, is hugely important and there's nothing better at the, at the end of a coaching conversation to see a school leader just completely lifted because he or she has done the very simple process of just noting down what's been going really, really well. Uh, I think it's something that we don't do naturally. I know I can only speak for, for, for my own culture here, but in Northern Ireland, we're not very good at patting ourselves in the back. It's something that we need to take a, 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 lot, a lot of work at. Um, and I suppose for me as a coach, I'm really encouraging principals to pat themselves on the back and say, do you know something? You're actually doing a really good job here. And 
when you get to Friday, uh, when you get to the end of the week, the end of the term, that's why you're absolutely knackered because you've invested so much and look at what you've achieved. So, you know, those, those blind spots, hopefully through the coaching conversations, the school leaders will, will, will develop a habit themselves of being able to take a little bit of time to notice what's going well. And even the simple act of, of, of writing that down. So somebody come up with an idea. I can take no credit for it, but I love the idea. And I've shared it with lots of school leaders is the to-da list. <laughs> they spend all day working with to-do lists. I'm going to do And usually you don't get through the half of them. But the to-da list is at the end of the day, note down one or two things that you've done really well. As in, ta-da, look what I've achieved. And a number of school leaders have taken that up. In fact, one school has taken it up as a theme for the whole school. So the pupils, the, the staff, you know, even the governors are getting around this idea of a concept of a ta-da list. Um, and just trying to, I suppose, uncover that blind spot and notice, acknowledge and celebrate what's going well. What do you think that does, Richard? I'm interested. Like, So by acknowledging what's going well, other than just being a, affirming and, and a feel-good, do you think it has um, an impact on the school performance? Absolutely, Shane. We all need a purpose um, in, 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 in our day. Um, and obviously this is a, a podcast looking at school leaders. So school leaders need to get up in the morning, head into work with a real purpose. You know, we, we, we need to be driven. And I suppose if we have a purpose, we also need to see results. I mean, for me as a school leader over the years, you're not in the job to be congratulated. You're not in the job, you know, for, for, for those reasons. But whenever you notice things that you're doing well, it just inspires you to do more and to reach out and stretch yourself a little more. You know, most school leaders, myself included, started out as a teacher in the classroom. Um, and part of our job is to encourage and, and empower our students, you know, to, to, do be, to be the best version of themselves. School leaders need to be doing, the, you know, exactly the same thing. So being able to see where we've achieved things and notice them ourselves, I think is, is hugely important. And then that mindset as a school leader. So if I'm a school leader who is well disciplined in noticing what I've done well, I'm going to be much more readily asking other people to notice what they do well. And also I'm going to notice what they do well and make a point of picking up on it and, and celebrating it. So yeah, there, there's, there's huge potential for that for, for, for all school leaders. It's, it's almost making me think of the, like the old Buddhist philosophy of look after yourself before you can look after others. Yes. You know, there's, there's, there's truth in that, you know, and, and often we find those people who give us most energy are the people who allow themselves to celebrate within themselves first. Yeah, that's really useful. Thanks, Richard. I'm interested, you know, in my audience, mainly international school leaders. And you mentioned earlier that as, as a school leader in general, it could be quite a lonely place. I think in international schools, especially when you get near the top, like so heads and principals, it can be particularly lonely. And I think there's a few reasons for this. But one is because a lot of international schools with, are placed within, let's say, a city, a city where I am, Shanghai actually are competing with each other. You know, they're not like part of an authority. There's a competition which can sadly reduce collaboration. But I usually argue, you know, they need to, these principals need to get together, need to get together more, need to talk to each other. Because even if they can't, you know, maybe they can't get an external coach, but they've got each other. And I think there's a bit of a, a collective wisdom there. Now, I know you do principal group coaching, so I'd I'd love to know a little bit about 
how that works with principles and what's what what that outside voice provides them certainly uh, happy to shane and, and this is this is genuinely a fairly recent venture um for, for me i suppose i'd, I'd, I'd built up uh, and continue to build up a, a great bank of one-to-one coaching sessions and i thought to myself whenever i think back to i suppose my days as a as a principal a lot of my learning came from colleagues you might have gone to a particular course or you might be going to the local principals meeting and it was during the as it was the casual conversations over coffee or, or lunch you were able to pick up so much wisdom and knowledge from fr- from your colleagues and i suppose i thought to myself as a coach i'm offering one-to-one coaching here H- how can i move this on to to the next level and um, not replace it but in addition to so I'd read up quite a bit um, on, on group coaching um, and I thought, you know, this really appeals to me. The idea of bringing together a group of principals, you know, into one room and in many ways to, to share that wisdom and learn from each other. So I, I suppose I took the brave step of, of putting together a, a day, a, a day's group coaching. Um, and I invited uh, a number of principals that, that I know well, that, that I had been coaching on a one-to-one basis, principals that I knew got coaching. And would be in a good place to move to that next level and, and try a, a group coaching. So I managed to take together together 10 principles uh, about a month ago and put together a day where we, we, we I suppose I split it into three, three sections and I called it encourage, inspire and stretch. Those were the three main areas of, of, of the day. First part of the morning around, I suppose, managing expectations was, was really important. And I suppose during that contracting stage, explaining to everybody, look, this first and foremost, this is not one-to-one coaching. Okay, we, we have done that and we will continue to do that. It's really beneficial. We're moving on to group coaching. But I had a picture up on, on one of the slides of a, of a jug. And we talk about that, you know, that you, you can't pour from an empty jug. And I said, look, this first slide showed the jug about 50% full. So I said, now my contribution today, so the facilitation element that I'm going to put in is going to bring you up to about 50%, I reckon. That's what I'm going to be able to offer you today, my role. And then the next slide showed the next 25%, so moving up to 75%. I said, that next 25% is going to come from your own personal effort. So what you put into this today will bring you up to around about 75%. And then I flicked up the next slide, which brought it up to 100 So the top 25%, and I said, this is the important part. You will gain this last 25% by encouraging each other today. So because you've shown up today, you will have benefited one of your colleagues. So how well you interact in this group coaching, the three activities that I've set out for today is going to help somebody else get that last 25%. So there, there, I suppose there, there, there's a, an accountability there. You know, we're here to help each other out. So the three, day, or the, the, the three elements of the day then, I suppose, panned out into encourage, inspire, and stretch. First part of the day was simply encouraging. We, we simply spent a bit of time celebrating the wins which we talked about in one of those other questions so sitting in a group in a big circle uh, everybody an opportunity to share just a, a recent win that they were pivotal in now that was a that, that was a bit of a stretch because again i think maybe it's a northern ireland thing we're not good at doing that naturally but i was determined you know this was going to happen i had in the middle of the the, the circle of, of principles she and i had the the strengths cards from that that great organization based in the uk at my best and during each of the principal's opportunity to share a big win, one thing that I wanted everybody else to do was to pick out a strength that you've noticed in that person now that they've shared that win. 
And it was an unbelievably powerful thing when each principal finished sharing their win. Somebody else volunteered to physically get up, lift a card and hand that to them. So, for example, uh, if a couple they're sitting about my desk here, you know, one could be attentive. I noticed that you were really attentive in that in that in that big win or you, you, you showed a real sense of calm. Now, the, the, the benefit to the individual receiving that was huge, but collectively it was amazing to see the benefit to everybody you know, listening into that. So that idea of encouraging the middle part of the day, then we looked at inspiring each other with ideas. And I suppose that was looking at challenges that each principal had and exploring how we might address them. So not only were you having an opportunity to share one of your challenges, and they were very, very good at being open and honest about real challenges. You got your own addressed by nine colleagues, but you also got to li- listen in to all of the others. And they were all relevant to everybody. So there was a lot of learning involved in that. The stretch bit in the afternoon then was, okay, let, let, let's do a little bit of, because these folks had an experience of coaching, let's do a little bit of, of one-to-one peer coaching on an area that you want to be stretched. So as a leader, what one thing would you like to really push yourself on over the next, you know, the next number of weeks or the next month or two? So that was a, that was a great opportunity to see them actually push each other in, in a very safe environment. I've, I've got one quote from from one of the leaders at the end of the day, and and this she said this I'm quoting. She said it gave the opportunity for personal professional reflection. So that was really important, the reflection opportunity, support for the things we find difficult, and the third one, challenge to step a little out of our comfort zones in our leadership roles. So that group setting was was very, very powerful. And, and the feedback at the end of the day, you know, was, was really encouraging. It wasn't a replacement for one-to-one coaching because the two are very separate and very different things. It was in addition to. It sounds like a very powerful, affirming approach to work as a team together, reflect together and share. And I guess it's coming back to what you said earlier. It's, it's, it's affirming, it's, it's getting acknowledgement from a group of people rather than just a coach on, on what's going well, on, on, on that, those safe challenges, if it's being set up in that right way. I wonder if that's the reason, I don't know if you've seen recently, and I'm not sure if it's happening in education so much, but certainly in business world, these kind of masterminds communities that, that are launching all over the place. I see them all over the place, but I think they're premised on the idea that getting a group together of people who really want the best for each other is incredibly powerful. Well, you think about your class of students, you know, I'm going back, you know, a few years. Well, I was always a teaching principal, so I always had a class, you know, and you're trying to make the most of that group dynamic with the class in front of you, you know. So, so it makes perfect sense to bring a group of school leaders together to benefit from each other's wisdom, to stretch each other, to challenge each other. Uh, now, I remember I was chatting to you a wee while back about this beforehand, and, 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 and I love the phrase you said, all the very best with that, because, you know, it's a big <laughs> risk. You know, you're bringing... In some cases, you know, big personalities together. But if it's well managed, well organized, there's just tremendous potential for it. There is. And and for listeners, yeah, I I was uh, pretty terrified by the idea of a group of principals all in one room because <laughs> just the, the nature of principals being the tops of the tops of their their castles. Yes. You know, that's uh you know, they're not necessarily got all the attributes of the most collaborative um, <laughs> characteristics. So hats off to you, Richard. It sounds like it went well it and did, you, it you did. survived. It did. But interesting, when you mentioned that uh, comment, Shane, you know, about being collaborative, one of the principles uh, in the feedback, and, and I thought this was really interesting, and I hadn't thought about this, 
he made the comment that it was lovely to get together with a group of principals from totally different parts of the country. His point was you, you got past that idea of competing schools because in a lot of cases in, in, in towns here, you might have 10, 15 schools and they're competing for the same pupils. So that wouldn't necessarily work as well in a group scenario. The idea of them coming from very different places was actually very, very beneficial. So I hadn't thought about that, but I think it was a, a fair point to make. I mean, on that, I'm curious. Some people listening are going to be going, okay, this sounds good, but what if I, I, I might not be able to instantly access that outside voice or an outside team? Or if I can, I think it's important that it's facilitated in some way. So, and maybe they've not got access. It can't just be a, let's get around the table at the pub and chat. It's not, it's not that kind of discussion. Do you think you can do something internal like as a team like i know you do work on team development in schools as well do you think a well-developed team internally could serve as that outside voice even though it's 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 within your own school absolutely if i'm thinking about myself as a school principal and i've been you know principal of three privileged to be principal of three different schools so three different teams there the first thing i think about it is my team needs to be able to debate things well so you think about, you know, the like of Patrick Lencioni and his work, you know, around the five dysfunctions of a team. Now he talks about, he talks about the word conflict being necessary. Now I'd be honest with you, again, we're going back to, to Mr. Booten, the choice of words in Northern Ireland, we try to avoid the term conflict, to be honest with you, at any possible <laughs> opportunity. So I love to use or replace that word with debate. Um, and, and thinking about the team around me. Just being able to debate things well. I mean, Patrick Lynchoni talks about this relentless pursuit of truth, which I think is 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 really good. Now, when it comes to debate, and it comes to um, you know, I, I'm running a school. I have a team of people around me. It's vital that there's there's a, there's a real level of trust in there. Okay. Now, the emotionally intelligent leader. Will and, and I love this, uh, you know, f- from 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 that actual model of emotional intelligence, uh, the, the, the four different uh, areas. In the bottom right hand side, we talk about establishing connection and building rapport with the individual. So the people that you have on your team, as a as a principal, you need to be establishing connection with those people and building rapport. So ultimately, being able to build that level of trust. Now, in many cases. Principals don't have the luxury of selecting their team. Quite often you'll, you'll come into a post, uh, and I did this in, in three different occasions, come into a post where I inherited my team. Um, now, in each of those three schools, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate with the people that I inherited. But the bottom line is there are going to be some people on that team that you're going to connect with more easily and some maybe not so. So being able to invest, I think, in those relationships early on is hugely important you know you need to be authentic as a leader you need to be consistent you know you need to be able to go that extra mile to make that work and build that team once you have made those connections once you've built that rapport level of trust with your team the whole area of trust will start to rise and you're ready for debate and at that point you then need to give your team a voice we're talking about voices we're talking about outside voices And really, there's an opportunity then where your team now has a voice and you're prepared to listen to it. Uh, And I think as a team team leader, as a school leader, being able to provide and actively encourage healthy, open debate and discussion 
um, is just huge, hugely important. There's huge potential now. It takes a it takes a an open and vulnerable leader to, to be able to do that and do that well. But over time, I suppose establishing that relationship with your team where they can become an inside voice, well, an outside voice on the inside um, that you're open to listen to, and you provide the opportunity for them to have that voice. Hugely important. I guess what I'm hearing is there's a lot of groundwork you have to lay to establish that culture of trust and that culture of communication. But almost in a way, by laying that groundwork and starting off these conversations, you're developing culture as you go. It's a, it, it, it can be an opportunity to self-perpetuate a really fantastic, open, supportive, collaborative culture in your school. Yeah, yeah. There's so much actually I want to ask you, Richard, now. This is my mind, my mind's firing. So I'm just wondering if you'd be able to share a few actionable steps on how a school leader might incorporate some out, outside perspectives into their leadership practice. Is there any, anything you would advise them as a, as a place to start? Absolutely. I think the first step is to learn to listen to yourself. And, and I think you know, Oscar Tromboli talks about the five levels of listening and that first level of, lis- of listening, you know, is, is being able to learn how to listen to yourself. And I think, you know, for school leaders to take that on board first, I think is absolutely vital. If you can't listen to yourself, you know, you're, you're going to struggle to listen to an outside voice uh, in the first place. So I suppose, you know, taking some reflecting time again, it could be through coaching conversations um, if you have a coach set up. Um, and, and investigating, you know, what does it mean to actually listen to yourself? And I think that's the first protocol. Uh, I think secondly, I would insist that, you know, any school leader out there gets themselves a regular coach. And I think it's as simple as that, you know, source a regular coach from somewhere. Now, at the moment, we've got heads here, you know, in Northern Ireland who, who have, they're fortunate enough to have that access. I think we have about seven sessions in, in the year, which is free, which, which is an absolute gift. Wow. But the bottom line is, to have somebody who's going to come in and help them do their best thinking. You know, somebody who is going to help them figure out, I suppose, in many ways, you know, which voices out there that they should be listening to. Now, they're not going to come in there. I'm not going to come in and coach you as a school leader and tell you what voice to be listening to. But between the two of us, we're going to think through what are the potential voices out there that you could listen to. And I can see, you know, over a series of coaching conversations, amazing potential to start to look around at what outside voices are there. Because there's some outside voices there that we, that, we, that we shouldn't be listening to. And I think that's important for a principal, for him or herself, to figure out in their head which ones I should listen to and actually which ones I should be avoiding. Um, thirdly, I would say, you know, make a point of listening to your team. We've talked about that already um, today. You know, you've got to be intentional about developing a high level of psychological safety in your team. Uh, applying that coaching approach to leading, um, you know, for you as a, as a school leader, becoming more and more curious uh, about what your team members think. And, and uh, again, it's just so important to regularly, I suppose, provide them with, with, with a voice. So there, there's, I suppose, three, three, three areas. But I think the most important one, Shane, is learn to listen to yourself, first of all. This conversation today really highlighted the transformative power of coaching in leadership. Richard, from transitioning from headship into coaching, he really emphasized the significance of coaching for school leaders, particularly in helping them acknowledge their strengths and addressing some of their insecurities. 
I really liked the discussion on the common blind spot of not acknowledging and celebrating successes within the school. I liked how Richard suggested that recognizing these achievements can significantly uplift and motivate leaders with their teams, but also how listening to yourself is the first step in effective leadership. And it's necessary to build a culture of trust and open communication with your school teams. This approach not only enhances your own leadership, but can also contribute to that wonderful collaborative and supportive school culture. Global Ed Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning, with original music by Guillermo Silva. If you like this show, it would mean the world if you could write a review on your podcast platform. I'll be sure to check it and give it a shout out on the show. And if you are online, reach out and share your journey with me. You can find me on X using my handle at Shane, or on LinkedIn using the links in the show notes. But as always, if we don't speak before, I'll see you here next week.